This episode of More About Officership is brought to you by our new leadership resource, The Shape of Calling, a 36-page workbook designed to help you explore, understand, and respond to calling. You can get your free copy today at www.salvationarmy.org.au slash come alive. Hi, Lauren. Thanks so much for joining us today. Great and, uh, to be really, here. Yeah, great. We really appreciate your time. And um, can you just help our audience understand a little bit about what you do, how you're connected to the Salvos, what core you attend, that type of thing? Sure. So, Chris, I'm the volunteer mission leader of what we call 2508 Salvos. That's our postcode, primarily located in Helensburg, which is south of Sydney, but it takes in a couple of other little villages. So we didn't want to miss them out, so we used the postcode. Nice. Yeah. I guess you would call it, um, if there's anybody old school out there, it's like an old school outpost. So yep. we're attached to Menai Salvos, which is part of the Shire Salvos group. Awesome. So how long have you been doing that for? Look, I think this might be my third or fourth year. I'm getting old now. It's hard to remember. <laughs> um, it's kind I... of it's grown um, and organically. It started off as kind of like a small group and it's it's grown from there. Oh, okay. Awesome. All right. Wonderful. Well, today's topic is responding to a call. And uh, my first question would be, do you have a calling? And what is it if you do? Sure. Look, I think everybody who follows Jesus has a call, right? We we aim to um, follow God. We aim to love God with all our heart and soul and strength and might and love others as ourselves. So I guess that's the primary call of every Christian. And for me, it's always been about if I'm going to follow Jesus, I want to do something with that. Mm. Um, I didn't grow up in the church. So for me, when I saw the Salvation Army in action, Christianity with its sleeves rolled up, that was when I said, I want to be part of that. It gave meaning to my whole life. It gave purpose to my life. Yeah, I just wanted all of that. Uh, so, yes, I guess a calling, of course, because I want to do something with my faith, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the things we talk about in our um booklet the shape of calling we talk about the general call which all christians have as you just described and then we we talk about sometimes the lord really leads us into a specific calling with a a regular kind of outworking of what we do we find ourselves in the same sort of ministry or ministry expressions have you found yourself having a specific emphasis to the ministry that you have yeah look i think for me uh, generally it's always been around people. I've always um, found myself gravitating towards people that are outside of the church, yeah. uh, I guess because I didn't grow up in a church environment or a church-going family. Um, I sit most comfortably with, I guess, the outsiders. Yeah. And um, I'm very relational, so I love um, being who I am with other people being who they are um, yeah. and curious about other people's stories and love sharing my story. So m perhaps my calling is to be an evangelist, although mm -hmm. I don't stand on street corners or yeah, anything yeah, yeah. like that. But in particular, uh, I think that after I started exploring this more and God put me into more and more positions where I found myself gathering groups of people together for different reasons, exercise groups for fun, walking, running, um, 
I had like a mentor at that time, Peter Hobbs, who's the Salvation Army's mission leader in the Bellarine, on the Bellarine Peninsula in Victoria. And he was um, really going down the route of organic church growth and missional expressions of church. Um, And he kept um, chatting to me about what I was doing and saying, Lauren, you're, you're basically starting small churches here. You're bringing people together. You're expressing your faith in action. You're bringing kingdom through what you're doing together and kingdom values you know, you you should start a church. And I always just said, no way, like I can't do that. I'm not an officer. But as I just, I guess, investigated that more and more with reading a few books, reading the Bible, and then um, my closest friend who was my running buddy um, decided that she really wanted to follow Jesus. She, you know, we'd gone on long runs together for many years Um, she knew I prayed for her she knew my story she knew what Jesus meant to me Mm. and she said to me one day you know I can't really rely on you to pray for me all the time I think I need to do this for myself I think I want to you know follow Jesus as well but her big thing was that she didn't want to go to a traditional Sunday church yeah she had a son he was like sport all day Saturday she's a single mum she worked Monday to Friday Sunday you know She's got about 40 hours of work to do on a Sunday to get ready for the next week, right? (laughs) So I said to her, hey, like, we can do church here. We can read our Bible. We can pray. We can worship God. um, We can learn about Jesus. And it kind of just started from there. The church itself grew. I always say that I didn't start the church, that God started the church. And that was at the time where I got really a specific call on my life that this is what I knew God wanted me to do. Yep. I had always wanted the Salvos to move into my town. Sometimes I would get a chance to speak to the commissioner or to people high up in the Salvation Army, and I'd say to them, when are you sending Salvos to Helensburg? It's a great place, heaps of opportunity, lots of families, blah, blah, blah. And they just laughed. And (laughs) I felt God saying to me right at that time that the Salvation Army is in Helensburg because mm. you are in Helensburg and you are the Salvation Army in Helensburg. And I had, if you're talking about calling, I guess it was a combination of things happening all at around the same time that just all clicked into place like a puzzle mm. and the last piece is finally coming together and you see the picture. Yeah, okay. Yep. Then you know that it's right. So, like, I had done the Red Shield in town. People knew me as being a salvo. I'd done lots of events that people were really keen to keep doing more events, like op shop nights at the local Salvo store. So that was all happening on the community side. You know, my closest friend becomes a Christian. We start this kind of pseudo church in the bush and we invite other people to it and all of a sudden it's grown to four people in the space of a week. Mm. That happened. And God's kind of saying, this is it. You are the Salvos in Helensburg. This is what I'm calling you to do. And I knew it was right. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, we hear, so that, that phrase, just start a church. Um, it's like, it's awesome, but it, it can sound like it's going to be this huge thing. And obviously the Salvation Army has been around for 150 years. And like we think of the a Salvation Army Corps, there's lots going on. There's lots of behind the scenes. There's lots of infrastructure. There's admin, there's all this. And it can be really daunting and overwhelming, but you've just kind of, explain just simply how you responded to that thing of just start a church have we do we overcomplicate things in our in our own minds at time or what what prevented you from going this is bigger than ben her how did you just actually go straight into action and go yep 
I'm going to start a church. Look, I think I am a fairly a person of simple faith. Um, I do the whole love God, love others, keep it simple, stupid, that kind of thing. Um, look, I wish I did have a theology degree and I'd love to one day attain one when my kids aren't so young and I have some more time on my hands. Um, but certainly, um, yeah, maybe I, I'm not theologically advanced enough to make it complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds but, like a good advantage, actually. But I guess when I said just start a church, it, it did, as I said, it just started. I really do believe that God started the church, not me. Um, I often liken it to the fact that, you know, those verses in the Bible where um, it talks about um, the party, right? The guy's having a party and he's invited all these people and like they didn't want to come. So he says, okay, well, you know, invite all these other people, all the people on the streets and the highways and the byways. And I just... It always feels to me like God is having the party and I'm invited. Mm. So it doesn't, I don't have to, it's not up to me to go and save the world and get all the people to come to the party and, and do all those hard yards and somehow get them over the line and in the door. Um, he actually invites them and he kind of just shows me through circumstance, through conversations, through people I, that I come into contact with who are open you know, that's him. He's saying, oh, they're invited too. And I say, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm going. Let's go together. Like, that's how these things start because we've actually had, like, over the years, a second church start. It's a family church, which is a, we call it Connect Church, where we play Lego. And the same thing kind of happened. Like, I was chatting to the local Baptist minister. We wanted to do something in town because he had a cafe and it was a cool spot. We're like, let's use it at night. Um, and we're like, what can we start? Oh, we could do talks on social justice or we could do something near something that never seemed to fit. We couldn't work out who to invite to those things. Like no one would spring to mind. And then it just so happened that someone with young kids came in and said, oh, my kid's talking about God. I know you're a minister. Do you think you could teach them about God? He's like, oh, yeah. And <laughs> then he said that to me and I said, let's do a Lego church. And all of a sudden, as soon as we talked about that four or five families just sprung to our minds straight away so okay. god was saying these are the people this is the party this is who's coming and mm. boom, that started too we didn't start it god so started. <laughs> with um so so two things firstly lego church do you mean like lego like lego play sets okay yeah, that's cool it's really fun so we tell a bible story and then uh, we 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 do a Lego challenge. So, you know, like the Lego Masters on TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. Each, each family has to do a build related to that story. Mm. And then after the time's up, we do the big countdown, tools down, and we go around to each of the tables and they explain what they've built and why they've built it. Then we mm. have a prayer and then hot chocolate. And about, you know, seven to ten minutes after the hot chocolate, the kids kind of go hypo and we send them all home. Yeah. <laughs> But the great thing about that too is that most people that um, the families that come, they don't go to church. They're just interested, I guess, for their kids to maybe find out a little bit more about faith or they know other kids that are going and they want to play Lego. But each table each week presents the story. Mm. So it's not us being the teachers. 
It's about, okay, well, I did the story this week. Who's going to do it next week? Great. Here's the verse in the Bible. Go look it up. And the stuff they come back with and the analogies and the, the way that they describe what the story means, it's so awesome. I love it. That's cool. Um, okay, second question. How do you invite someone to church? Like, I know that sounds really basic, but like, how does it work? If you, we're talking about um, organic church and God's got the guest list and people just, they're already invited. What does that look like kind of practically? Like, do you have like certain lines that you use regularly or? Um, no, I guess not. Sometimes they invite themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, one beautiful woman who lives down the road, uh, she it was connected to a couple of people that had started coming to our um, initial church. And she ran into me at the Salvo store and chatting. She said, oh, you've heard what you're doing on, on the Fridays with the ladies. It sounds great. And I said, oh, yeah, that's good. And I didn't really know her that well. Um, and so that was fine. I just let it go. And afterwards I thought, oh, maybe that was God. Oh, missed that one. Sorry, mate. Yeah. So she came to pick up something that she'd bought for me off Buy Swap Sell because we're all mums and whatever. <laughs> And she said again, oh, that Friday group, it just sounds lovely what you're doing with the ladies. And I thought, oh, man, yeah, I'm not going to get a second chance after this one. Yeah. So I said to her, oh, yeah, mate, um, you know it's a church, though. You know, like we read the Bible and we pray. And, and she's like, oh, yeah, like that sounds good. And I'm like, come along. Like, Okay. So, uh, you know, sometimes they invite themselves. If I'm dumb enough not to get the cues, they invite <laughs> themselves again. <laughs> Other times... Look, it's about being in, in relationship, isn't it? Because I never, ever, ever want to force people to, to believe anything I believe because God gave us all free will. Yeah. So when you're in relationship with someone and it comes up, it's just natural. Mm. They know it's like it's not like this um, – false ask because it's never a cold ask because I would never ask anybody that I'm not in relationship mm. to to come into such an intimate group, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I guess it's a bit different to maybe a larger church. So say if I was going to a large church with a couple of hundred people, it's more like an event which is not as personal. Yeah, I'm with you. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes, as I said, like we can overcomplicate things or sometimes things get a little bit too mystical and we need to demystify. And then, as you said, it's, you know, we try and listen out for the promptings of someone being interested. And what's cool, if we miss it, and I miss it regularly in my life, um, the Holy Spirit finds another way to just remind us or presents us with a second opportunity. And and as you said, I really like that. It's not it's not cold calling. It's not trying to invite people that we have no relationship with. There's already something there, mm-hmm. uh, which I think, again, makes it a little bit more natural, a little bit more organic. What are some of the hurdles that you've faced along the way in getting to this place of, of calling to a specific ministry or work for the Lord? Look, I think, I, you know, the church possibly could have started a lot earlier if I hadn't have been afraid. Okay. Yep. Um, so I was essentially gathering groups of people together, you know, when my kids were very young. Um, so that would have been about 10 years ago and what the church started about three years ago. Um, but then in a sense too, I think God's timing is the right timing because 
I think it takes time to really get to know people and for people to know who you are and what you stand for and you're you've got to have an authenticity it mm. can't be about adding numbers to your thing yeah you know um you know we've had mm. people come along to our church and um you know that was fine they came for one time and didn't come again and that's all good and and we're still nothing's changed we're mm. all still friends and you know you don't want it to be some something kind of awkward that people feel like that you're coercing them into this thing that they're not into. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So nothing forced. Yeah, yeah. that's right. What, what about, um, so like the idea of just going out on mission or doing things, sometimes we have the fear that we don't have enough to do what the Lord's asking us to do. We don't have enough resources or we don't have enough finances or, again, fear can express itself in so many different ways. Any tips about how we can overcome that type of situation if we are faced with fear? Look, you're going to be scared, right? Because God calls us to the deep. He calls us to walk on water. Mm. He always calls us to step out of the boat. You know, if you're feeling heaps comfortable, maybe you're not listening. (laughs) (laughs) I've always found that. Um, the moment I get a little bit comfortable, it's just like, oh, it's not ice cream. This is pretty easy. Um, got this under control. God's yeah. like, hang on a second. Who's in control here? Why don't we do something different? Um, which is the exciting thing, isn't it? But, um, but yeah, know that you are scared, but God is always with you and you don't need anything. Mm. You, you don't need anything. You just need your Bible and faith, don't you? Like, you don't need a building, you know. Mm. If you've got a building, you need to work out how to pay for it. For yeah. stuff. So that's a stress. Um, mm. You can meet anywhere and there are so many resources. Look, as I said, I don't have any qualifications. Mm. I'm not a theologian. Um, I wish I did, but, you know, I just go back to the Bible and go back to Jesus' disciples and the people that he called and think, yeah, well, yeah, I'm probably just about as dumb as them, so it'll be right. <laughs> and and I, you know, I'm not a teacher. We read the Bible together. We ask the, you know, the questions from the Seven Signs of John. Um, and there's lots of different resources you can get on the Bible, but you know, just asking your basic questions about about what we think it means, what we read, and we can always, you know, you got Google, man. You can look up stuff. Have you ever been frustrated because you just don't know what it is? that God is calling you to do. Have you ever heard someone say, I feel called to serve the poor? Maybe you've heard someone say, oh, I've been called to be an officer. This idea of calling can sometimes be a difficult idea to understand and get your mind around. So we want to tell you about a resource that's been put together to help explore and unpack this idea of what is calling and what is God asking me to do with my life? So The Shape of Calling is a 36-page devotional study guide that has seven different sections to it. And some of these sections are what is calling and what does that look like? Responding to a call. The obstacles that can get in the way of you fulfilling your calling. Hearing God's voice. Included in this study guide are also some reflection questions to help you go on a journey of understanding this topic of calling, but also to think about, oh, what is my calling and how do I live this out? So if you want to get your hands on this amazing resource, it's really simple. Just go to www.salvationarmy.org.au 
forward slash come alive, scroll down the screen, click on the link. Our challenge to you out of this is to do what makes you come alive. We're talking about joining God's party. He's the host. He's already got stuff happening. And we're invited and we're invited to invite others. Um, what type of role does the voice of the Spirit play in your life or hearing from God or prayer? And how does that all mix together with calling and ministry? So I can't describe myself as a wonderful prayer. Mm -hmm. I'm not a monk. <laughs> um, I'm definitely a doer. And as a relational evangelist type person, I'm, you know, invite 20 people around. That's me. Yeah. Um, be alone and pray. Hmm. What else can I do? Uh, but it's something that I have been really seeking to invest in, um, I guess, as I've gotten older um, because, you know, when you're in your 20s and maybe even your 30s, you, you're invincible. Uh, you can do everything yourself and then <laughs> suddenly you realise, oh, gosh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have been investing into prayer a lot and I find for me um, – the more that I do read my Bible, um, you know, because the, the words are food, the words are living, so mm. then they, they do start to live in you in, in a way and then come, I have... Just a few quick fire, rapid fire questions. Um, what would you say to someone, what would you say to a leader who is wrestling with a calling to follow God? Why wrestle? Who's going to win? God will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Thinking about equipping the saints for the work of ministry, um, are there any tools or books or programs that you could recommend? You mentioned some before that you use. Um, what are some of your favourites? I use the Salvation Army's PLP, um, Positive Lifestyle Program, a lot with people in my town that I don't know very well. Um, and that's, some, that's like a service we offer. But what I find is that it not only gives them the program, which is fantastic, it gives them the gift of time. So the I think we live in a country, Australia, uh, where our biggest um, – disaster or our biggest crisis is actually loneliness and social isolation it's not poverty it's not like natural disaster is bad but loneliness and social isolation is with us always and it's getting worse and it's killing people so to give people an hour of your time where you're just with them journeying with them through plp is actually such a gift and i pretty much always find that people want to keep meeting after that they want to mm. keep connecting in some way we also use the seven signs of John, which kind of flows naturally from PLP. Okay. So if, um, if some of our emerging leaders might not know what PLP is, what is it? Yes. Look, PLP is the Salvation Army's Positive Lifestyle Program. So it's an eight-week one-on-one course that you do with someone. And it goes, you're just a facilitator. So you guide them through the course. And it goes through different aspects of them working on how to live a more full and whole life. So it goes through self-esteem, anger, grief and loss, loneliness, depression and anxiety. And there's a workbook that they go through. Um, and at the end, there's goal setting and then kind of you wrap it up at the end. And you, it's lovely to look at the scores that they give at the end for things like self-esteem and all of that and compare it to the first one that they did in the first week and to see the growth that they've had. So you to become a facilitator, you do need to do training, but 
It's like a half-day course. It's really easy. Just contact your core officer. Um, any last comments you would want to share with uh, a young leader, an emerging leader who's getting ready to step out of the boat, whatever that looks like for them? Mm-hmm. Any words of encouragement? I guess I would just like to say that don't feel like you've got to have it all together. I guess you can, you know, I'm a confident, bubbly person who loves chatting and maybe you could listen to this and think, oh, yeah, but, you know, she knows what she's doing or she sound, like it sounds like it's going great or whatever. Like sometimes one person turns up to my church on a week and, you know, yeah, I might get a bit, discouraged everybody else is pulled out for different reasons but that's okay we still do church we have an amazing time and usually God does something there um sometimes I mean to do all this preparation for something and I just don't because like I've got two kids and a dog and a life and stuff that happens and you know I just have to fall back on God and say right we're just we're, we're going to read this today and we're going to ask our questions and I really hope God comes through here like God's got it all together. Mm. And if he's calling you to do something, he'll provide. Psalm 23. So that's what I want to say. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for joining us today on More About Officership. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can show your support by subscribing to this podcast and sharing it with your friends on social media. If you're interested in becoming an officer or want to explore more about ministry in the Salvation Army, please speak to your local core officer for more information. You can also reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TSA Officership Recruitment. That's facebook.com slash TSA Officership Recruitment. Until next time, thank you for joining and do what makes you come alive.